0: See it, friends, and welcome to the World Transform. My name is Phil Bauermaster and all this week I'm talking with Nate Grundemann. Nate is not your typical 22-year-old. He's young enough to still have high school senior class president and valedictorian on his resume. But after two years at Williams College, he and his buddies dropped out to found Board Private Bank. We're going to be talking with Nate about Board Private Bank and various topics throughout the week. The mission of Board Private Bank is to level the playing field between mortgage buyers and cash buyers in the country's most competitive market. So we're going to be getting into that one a little bit today. Nate, welcome to The World Transformed.
1: Good to be here. You have so many super smart guests, so I'm, I'm really honored to be here and be one of those. Well, it's great
0: to have you with us. And of course... For those who don't know, one of the super smart guests we frequently have on the show, perhaps our most frequent guest of all time, is Nate's mom, P.J. Manny. So, P.J., if you're listening to this, it's great that we've gone to a new generation of guests on the World Transformers. Love you, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Important that we get that in there, too. So let's talk about Board Private Bank. But maybe before that, how in the world did you get interested in real estate? And you, you might hear of people dropping out of college to get into real estate but not typically to go start a bank. So steps yeah. through
1: that a little bit. Yeah, we really uh we took a an atypical route. Um so I like to start my story back when I was 10. Um so my you know my parents actually they were selling their house and we had the best realtor in town and even though we had everything all tied up, you know, everything was planned out, it was uncertain. It was painful. It was slow. And it was really a struggle. For them, and this was and in for me. LA ten years ago. Yes, this was in LA. So 10 probably years ago. a pretty hot market at the it time. Was, it was a super hot market, right? Um, and all those things considered, you know, it was just it was really tough for them to sell. Um, and th- that stress and uncertainty that, that they felt, um, it impacted me as well. So it was it was one of those things where you just sort of you notice.
0: Sure. Well, here you are. You're a kid, and you're wondering what's going to happen next. And things like moving—is
1: where you'd lived your whole life. It was where so we had moved from New Zealand to LA. Oh,
0: that's right. Okay. Exactly.
1: And um, yeah, it was just it was just such an uncertain time for them that I could feel that you and could feel it. Plus, that, it's
0: uncertainty in your own life. Where am I going to live? What's exactly, going to happen?
1: Well, exactly. But you know, I always thought if where there's pain, there's opportunity, and so that's that's sort of where you know even at ten, I was like, man, there's there's an there's, there's got to be a here. better way to do this. Exactly. Okay. So fast forward, then what happened? So fast forward. So I meet my co-founders in college. Um, and we all share this passion for real estate, and it's it's really interesting because um, we we were all sort of those atypical students. Um, I never liked school, you know. I, I was uh, I was unfortunately good at it and stuck with it. Unfortunately, but <laughs> good at it. I, I feel like when you're um, when you're good at it, mm-hmm. you sort of you get you can get stuck, you know. That, right. Um, okay. um, a, a lot of people would like to have that <laughs> bad luck, right, of being unfortunately good at
0: school. But I but I understand what you're saying. Maybe you don't always want to push on with academics
1: if that's not the direction that your life wants to take you. Exactly. And I think I got sort of stuck in the cycle of being good at it and yeah, okay. I got stuck in school. You got
0: stuck in school
1: and you got yourself unstuck.
0: So, how did how did you and your friends decide
1: that's it? We're done with we're done with college. We're going to go do this other thing. Yeah. So, we had the opportunity to, to um take the summer off, you know, sophomore summer. And we put our heads together um, and we wanted to check out what was wrong with real estate. And so, you know, that sort of one thing led to another and we dropped out with no real good idea. And that was that was sort of a, you know, a a big leap of faith for us. Um, But we honestly felt that it was a bigger risk to stay in school than to
0: leave. Now, someday, when we do a show about probability, there's also a whole roulette story here that could be told. There is a roulette story. We, we, won't, we won't tell that today, but that actually came while you were still in school, anyways. That, that right? was
1: while we were still in school. Okay. So roulette wasn't tempting enough to, to get you to quit school. <laughs> you know, roulette was one of those things where, uh, you know, we, we loved that story and we loved that opportunity, but it's still, you know, we, we beat the casino. We had the story to tell, um, but in one day we will tell that story. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where we realized that we were a great team to yeah. work together. Can't tell too much because you're still optioning the
0: screenplay for that <laughs> one, I'm sure. But, okay, so, there you, so you, you, you're going to do something
1: about real estate. You're not exactly. sure what. You quit school. Or did you have a pretty good idea in mind what you were going to do? No, that? we had no idea. Okay. So we, we had a bad idea at the time. And our you know, the, <laughs> the way that we wanted to move forward was we would go and pitch this horrible idea. And so we'd go meet real estate agents, bank brokers, uh, anyone high up in the industry, the highest as we could get at the time. We leveraged our college What was networks. the bad idea? <laughs> the, the bad idea was, it was an incomplete idea. It was not a good idea. It, wor- <laughs> it, was, it wasn't going to work. It was a bad enough idea. Um, you know, we, we just saw the inefficiencies in real estate and, um, but, you know, we had no experience. Right. So we went out, like, I, I had never bought a home before. I had never bought or sold a home before. My, my co-founders and I are 20. Right. Um, and so we, you know, we drop out and we just start pitching, you know, we, we meet the top broker, you know, this is a, a funny story. We meet the top broker in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pitching him this idea and we want to sell him that, you know, his, his 10 million, his borrowers that are, or his home buyers that are buying homes for $10 million are going to need a mortgage. You right. know, that's our business. Right. We're trying to sell his mortgage. And he's like, sorry to burst your bubble. But, you know, my buyers buy all cash, you know, that's oh. like, cause this is, this is New York. Like, right. you know, my, I have Russian oligarchs and like, da, 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 da. like, like you know, movie stars are my clients. Um, they don't need a mortgage. They don't need a mortgage. Even for tax reasons, they don't need a mortgage. Exactly. <days. laughs> so, and well, so. Because they're not paying any taxes, let's face it. Let's, let's face it. Um. <laughs> So yeah, so we were, we turn the pitch on its head, and we're like, all right, we we lost the pitch, right? We're not gonna we're not gonna convince this guy that we have a good idea, but right. we still there's a learning opportunity there. So we're like, so what? So what do your buyers need? You know, why why uh, why is cash so prevalent? Right. And he was like, because it's stronger than a mortgage, right? You know, because it's it's cash is king. That's the mantra. You know, it, in real estate, cash is is what you want. It's certainty. Right. And so. You know, we sort of we changed our whole idea on the spot right then, um, and I think that's uh, has a big a lot to do with you know us being so young and us knowing that we don't know anything. Um, you know, through this whole experience, the only thing we know is that we don't know everything. So cash is king, and cash is
0: king. Here we are in Colorado, where the real estate market's been going through the roof the last few years, and we've seen a huge uptick in the number of deals that are cash deals. <laughs> it Didn't used to be the norm here or anywhere else. Except maybe Manhattan, right? Where, where where a deal would be closed because somebody shows up with cash, and you exactly can always right. buy the house if you've got the cash in hand. You make you make the offer, and everything else is always pending. That's exactly Financing. Right. Everything They're, else is always going to be assuming you can get the loan. You know, assuming and a lot of times it's assuming I can sell my house, get that money, get the loan for the next one. So there's all this conditional stuff, and people exactly right. go into shopping for a house having thought about all that, and they've mm-hmm. sort of got their ducks lined up, but they're mm-hmm. never going to be
1: in as strong a position as somebody who shows up and they've just got the money on them. That's right? exactly right. And so the, the the real problem here in the industry was that banks aren't helping out borrowers get you know all those ancillary services that you need to get a mortgage, you need to get financing, you need to get an appraisal, you need to get a home inspection. There are all these... Parts of a real estate transaction that happened after you actually sign that contract. Right. And that's inefficient. And that's what leads cash to being king because you don't need to get financing. You don't need an appraisal for a cash deal. You just go in and you say, here's my, you know, my proof of funds and it's a done deal. Right. And so that's why sellers desire them so so much. They're, they're certain. Right? right. Right. It's as certain as you can get in real estate. It's interesting to think about that. So
0: much of that ritual associated with buying and selling a house is actually a ritual attached to the financing of the house. Exactly right. Not to, not to the buying. It's exactly Cause, right because
1: buying a house or selling a house is just like buying or selling anything else. Right? It's exactly right. So here, so here's the question we asked ourselves: How do we democratize the cash offer for everyone? How do we give everyone that superpower so that when you're in the market, a super hot market like Denver, you know you can beat out that cash buyer. What? How about New York? You know, how about San Francisco, LA? All these, all these markets and these urban markets, especially where cash is king. We wanted to level the playing field. So you can take the average working schlub or the average family, whatever. <laughs> exactly, And
0: put them on a level playing field, your term, with someone who
1: has cash in hand. Exactly. And at at least, least that's the vision. That's the vision. Anyone who qualifies for a mortgage, the vision is we can get them a cash offer. Okay. We can turn them into a cash buyer. Right. So how's it work? What do you do? Sure. So <laughs> so we move all those, those ancillary services we spoke about mm-hmm. up front. Okay. So, you know, the, the financing, we fully underwrite and process your loan up front. So we know exactly how much you can buy. Most banks don't want to, uh, they, they don't want to invest in that transaction up front. So it costs money to do underwriting appraisal, all all those ancillary services. They want to leave it till the end when they know they have the deal. We believe that it's important that that all gets done up front. So there is no uncertainty. So we'll go in and we'll do your financing, including your underwriting and, uh, yeah we'll yeah. we'll fix your loan up front,
0: and when you say we you mean board private bank board which private is bank your bank
1: my bank no. what we skipped here <laughs> is you guys started a bank somewhere along exactly right? yes, we did so so we realized uh, we'll we'll backtrack a little bit, so we realized that the only real way to level the playing field and give these mortgage buyers the same ability as cash buyers is to actually be the lender right because right? all okay. this all this stuff is all on the lending side um Basically, the lender has to come in and say, all right, we're going to elevate these mortgage borrowers to the level of cash such that there can actually be a level playing field. Right. So you are a bank with a different process. And
0: the That's process exactly right. is front load all of that stuff That's that, exactly right. that is triggered typically to happen later, which makes, I mean, they do it for a reason. They do it because that way they're not doing all this stuff and... If the deal doesn't work out, then they wasted their time, right? Mm -hmm. At least that would be their rationale. That is the rationale for for not doing it. So, how do you make up that difference? I guess, right? If you're if you are willing to invest all that time, Mm -hmm. um,
1: how do what mitigates that
0: loss? Right. right? Well, here's the secret.
1: Now it's they're they're certain they're the strongest buyers in the market. Oh, okay. So they come in here, and yes, every every transaction won't necessarily work out. You know, it's still a super hot market. These are still you know uncertain transactions, but when we come in up front and let you know level that playing field and elevate these borrowers to become cash buyers, now they're you know they're the the strongest borrowers there are. They're the strongest buyers. So let's talk a little bit about. What difference that makes sure okay because
0: it sounds nice you're helping out the little guy Mm -hmm. so leveling the playing field but what's the big picture on that what difference does it make whether people have a foot up in the buying a home or not how's that uh let's use the silicon
1: valley phrase right how's that making the world a better place right If if you do that okay so we believe that home ownership empowers human potential so it unlocks human potential so homeownership whatever you whatever your definition of home is we think that homeownership can you know help you get there whether it's raising a family whether it's you know leaving a financial legacy for your kids whatever that is uh, we believe that homeownership really just it helps you close that generational wealth gap for these people that you know were, we're are our target market right right absolutely i can i can see that so
0: Let's talk a little bit about where you've made it work. Have you? How long have you been in the business?
1: And uh, has anyone had the level, the field leveled for them and gotten a home out of it Exactly. So we're we're just in the you know the starting. We're right at the starting gate, right? But the great news is this isn't theory anymore. This is practice. So we're underwriting our first board cash buyers today. Um, for example, one of them is in Louisville. You know, she's a uh, she's a mortgage borrower. She's going to need an FHA loan, which is Typically needs you know has more requirements. It's a weaker offer, right? So we're going in there, and she's already lost to three cash buyers. You know she she's that's three rejections in a row. So Central Kentucky is another hot real estate market. Apparently. <laughs> you know you'd be surprised. You know we were, we were in Hanover, New Hampshire, for eight months, and mm-hmm. even there, you know in the middle of New Hampshire, not a super you know urban place, but you know they need cash. Right. You know, it's it's still a hot enough market where sellers desire certainty no matter what. Where no matter where you are. Right. Right. So here
0: she is. She's, she's lost out three times to a mm-hmm. cash buyer trying to, trying to get her own home. Exactly. She's got not only the disadvantage of, like ever, like the rest of us who, when we go to buy a house, she has to have a mortgage, exactly. but also she's an FHA mortgage, which you say
1: that's a disadvantage? Why is that? Because there are more requirements. So when right. without okay. getting too much into the weeds, like the, the regulatory requirements and because it's government-backed, Um, you know, there, there are more heavier appraisal requirements, heavier underwriting requirements. And that means that the deal is less certain to go through in general. For us, we can offer FHA borrowers cash offer advantage, no matter what. And now this customer is on a level playing field with everyone or you're, you're putting her on one now. We are doing that right now. So we know we're underwriting her and making sure that when she places her next offer, she'll be, you know, have the equal consideration with anyone. So all she has to do is find her house. That's exactly right. That's exactly right that's incredible so uh, let's talk a little bit
0: about someone your age going into a, a business like this is mm-hmm. it does it help do you think that you didn't have time to work in the real estate industry for 15 years and be told that this was all impossible so that you so that you couldn't try something like this yeah it's a great question Phil
1: um, I, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone but for myself and my team, it was definitely an advantage to be naive and not know. Right. And I think there's even an advantage being young where you know, you're allowed to take those risks and you're allowed to ask dumb questions. That's really big. You know, we, we could go in there and pitch and it goes horribly and then we can flip it on its head and, you know, really get out of that. We can, we can be the, you know, the dumb person in the room. We can um, be naive and that's okay.
0: That's one of the things, because we talked before the show about just young entrepreneurs in general, and where do they stack up against older entrepreneurs? And of course. You think, well, the old ones have the experience. Of course. They've also got the risk aversion, which absolutely, can, which which can be a little problem. But I think the biggest thing standing in someone's way when they set out to start a business is knowing upfront all the reasons why it can't work. Actually, Absolutely. it's the biggest reason, it's the biggest thing that stands in front of anybody doing anything in the world, right? It's true. Is, is having this certain knowledge in your head that that it can't work. So if, so if you've been in finance for years, if you've been in especially home financing for years, or if you've been in the real estate business for years, you know going in that what you've just described isn't possible. That's exactly right. And so you won't even try, right? They, That's exactly they, right. They won't even try. So I think this is probably the best lesson that entrepreneurs of any age can learn from you guys is you know what it's not impossible things actually things actually can happen we've been doing a whole series of shows Stephen and i talking about uncertainty talking about certainty uncertainty what we know what we think we know and what we just plain don't know and the truth is there's so much more we don't know than that we do we're, we're capable of so much more in this day than we have been in the past it's a it's a great opportunity it's a great time to be young and naive. I think it's exactly right.
1: It's exactly right. Yeah, we're uh, we're really lucky to have a great team, um, and and we're we're open to you know, any possibility. So we we tried to ask pointed questions instead of just you know any questions. So we'd go up and you know we'd say like, what's holding your deals up? You know how can we make this experience better? And they'd say, oh, you know the big problem is is these multiple offer situations and cash buyers beating out mortgage buyers, and certain buyers can't even have access to that market. We would have never have known that was a problem just on face value. We needed the experience. We needed the veterans to come in and help us. You know, we can be the visionaries. We can we can sort of dream and be naive and and irrational and say that what is quote unquote impossible is in fact possible. But ultimately, we do need um, the veterans, and they've been. You know, we've been incredibly lucky to build a team around us. You know, our we have team of of real estate agents and attorneys and. Uh, bankers and lenders and all these people are, are the people who are telling us that this is in fact possible. It's just it's it's an adjacent possible. You know, it's it's right there and, and adjacent it's, but, possible. But Absolutely. it's invisible unless you know you you pull it all together. It was it was a hidden, hidden adjacent possible, hidden adjacent possible. Absolutely, and you went
0: out and you found it. You do need those folks, but they need you too. That's the that's the key. We all need <laughs> people asking these kinds of questions and making these kinds of new ventures into areas that we think are settled. I think there's there's so much in the business world in particular where we've already got it all figured out, and we've got it too to figured out. Exactly. And technology and just the fact that people are willing to try new things give us the opportunity to do... Anything. Anything. Absolutely. <laughs> we won't say anything is possible. We won't, anything. we won't say anything. We won't say anything is possible. That's a no-no around here. But we will say that... You have opened up a whole new set of possibilities for a lot of people. And congratulations. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Nate, it's great having you with us. We're going to be back with Nate on Wednesday's show. And we're going to wrap up the week with Nate on Friday. So if you've enjoyed this show, uh, join us again on Wednesday. And until next time,
1: live to see it.